On this week's episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast, former NFL wide receiver J.J. Bearden joins the show to talk about preparation, underdog mentality, and what it takes to succeed at the highest level. Welcome back to the Compete Everyday Podcast, everyone. My name is Jake Thompson. I'm the founder at Compete Everyday and excited to hang out with you this week. Bear with me today and my voice is starting to go. My voice on the interview is a little out because unfortunately, despite my best efforts and even getting a flu shot, I am battling the flu, uh, which absolutely sucks. Uh, I'm unfortunately having to uh, have you listen to a little bit of a raspy voice today, but fortunately I'm not traveling speaking this week, um, so I can stay home, eat a lot of soup, some chili uh, catch up on a couple of shows and some writing, uh, and just try to get through this terrible flu. So if you've had the flu this year, I feel your pain. If you haven't yet, you're lucky, and I'm slightly mad at you, slightly envious. But today we're going to have some fun. Uh, I've got a great friend, a fellow keynote speaker, former NFL wide receiver J.J. Bearden joins the show. Uh, J.J.'s got a very unique story as he was a really small wide receiver uh, by NFL standards. I think he said in high school he was like 5'9", a, a buck 30. Uh, he played in the NFL at 5'10", 157, which if we know by NFL rosters may have even been pushing the weight a little bit. Uh, but he spent nine years in the NFL, and so we talked about that, what it took for him to get there, the mindset shift he had to have to understand he could play at the highest level, as well as what are the lessons he learned along the way. You know, He had the opportunity to spend two years with Hall of Fame quarterback Joe Montana, and what did Joe teach him? What was one of the greatest already, the guy that had already won four Super Bowls, what did he learn from Joe that is so crucial for all of us today? So we get into that, we get into JJ's work, we get into his attitude of in spite of, that it doesn't matter what our circumstances are, where we find ourselves, what we're facing, in spite of all that, how are we still going to show up? How are we going to compete? And so listening to today's conversation, you'll understand pretty quickly why JJ and I get along so well, why we share that uh, attitude uh, toward each other and, and just friendship on this shared mindset of showing up, compete every day, forget the obstacles, forget the odds. It doesn't matter what someone else does or does not have. What matters is what you're going to do with what you have. And so I hope you walk away with this encouraged by it, uh, motivated and, and given a couple of new tips and tricks that you can apply in your life from the conversation with JJ. On a quick sidebar, two special requests today before we dive into the show. The first is, if you've been listening to the show, uh, first, thank you for all the shout-outs on Instagram, on social media, for all of you that are listening to the show and sharing the episodes with friends. Uh, it means so much to us because every time you share it is the opportunity for more people to discover the Compete Everyday message, the podcast, and be equipped to start winning their work, their workouts, and their life. We've got enough people in this world settling. What we need to do is start finding those people that want to thrive, that want to compete, and introducing them to this community so that they know how to. So number one, if you could keep sharing that, it would mean the world to me. Send an email, post it on Facebook, share it on Instagram. Uh, I'm doing my absolute best to repost anything that you guys share on IG. So uh, keep those coming. Keep sharing the word if you're enjoying the content. Second of all, if you're not in our Facebook community, 
please jump on in there. Uh, we do challenges every month. We get uh, we have new releases and special uh, announcements that are in there before they ever go public. Uh, in March, we have a new challenge. So February has been the, the big thousand squat challenge, building up our endurance every week so that at the end of the month, we are knocking out a thousand air squats on a single day. Uh, and March is going to be a little bit different. We're going to go from the physical challenges that we've done the last few months to a very mental grit, mental toughness type challenge. And so I hope you'll join us there. Facebook.com slash groups slash compete every day is the best way to get plugged in. Just tell us you found out about it on the podcast. I'd love to see you in there. I'm, I'm very active in there sharing videos and content on ways to help people in their work, their workouts and their life. How do we improve our mindset? How do we level up the areas of our life that we want to? And then finally, today, this episode is releasing on February 19th, which means you have one, two, three, four more days to jump in and grab our spring collection before it hits shelves publicly, before we get the stock. If you are not on the email list or in the Facebook group, you might be wondering what I'm talking about. But what we did is we dropped a ton of new releases for a spring collection, and we made a really cool offer that we are offering bundle savings, so you can save up to 25% on items if you buy, and, and the way that works is it's only on the spring collection and it's only until February 24th at noon at Central Standard Time. The reason being is at noon Central Standard Time, all of that stock will finish production. It will arrive at our offices and we'll start shipping it out. So in order to help us stock less and ship more, I'm giving everyone discounts on all the pre-orders if they shop early. Use the code SPRING1, we'll get you 10% off of one item. Spring two will get you 15% off two items. Code spring three will get you 20% off three items. And the big one, spring four, will get you 25% off all of the spring items. If you buy four or more, get 25% off. We have three brand new designs, Create Your Own Fate, Forged by Hustle, and A Life is Worth Competing For. And then we additionally have dropped brand new colorways in some of our all-time best that y'all have requested. The Facebook group has voted. They wanted these back. So Beat Yesterday is back in a brand new colorway. We have two new colors for our keys to life. Donut Judge Me Women's Muscle Tank is back. And then the arena, the man in the arena, Dare Greatly with the Theodore Roosevelt quote on the back is available now in red as well. So jump on on to competeeveryday.com. Remember those codes, spring one, two, three, or four will get you 10, 15, 20, or 25% off those new releases. And here's the thing, that code expires on Monday, February 24th at noon Central Standard Time. So you gotta act quick if you wanna get one of those new items at a discounted deal. Now, Without further ado, I've rambled enough. I'm excited to welcome my buddy to the show as we talk football, focus, and succeeding in life in spite of any circumstances. Former NFL wide receiver, J.J. Beard. J.J., my man, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, Jake? It's good to be on the show, man. I'm excited to share with your audience. Yeah, I've been looking forward to having you on the show. You and I have been connected, man, a year or two now through some circles on the speaking circuit and, and mutual friends. Uh, I love your story. I love all the stuff you put out. And so I know our guests are in for a treat today. But today, before we get into your playing career, tell us a little bit about who you are now, what you do, JJ. And then, man, we're going to talk about your just historic time throughout life and the stuff you've done and the impacts you've made 
Yeah, absolutely. And first, I want to say, too, dude, I appreciate you. I love your content. I love to compete every day. I think that's a powerful message. And, you know, you're one of my favorites. I love the tracking what you're doing. So keep up the good work. So um, anyway, yeah, a little bit about me. So I now live in, I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. I've been married to my college sweetheart, Raina. We'll be 30 years in June. Congratulations. So very proud of that, you know. But, um, yeah, we, we have our children here. We have eight children. I don't know if you've heard the story, Jake, but, we have three biological children and about 12 years ago, um, heard my nieces and nephews were kind of struggling in Tulsa. So I flew out there, 24 hours later, I'm in a courthouse, we're standing before a judge and he tells me, you're the next of kin, what do you want to do? Because your nieces and nephews are going to be placed in foster homes. So a quick call to my wife, we made the decision, we took all those children and merged them into our family. So that's how we went from a family of five to a family of 10 overnight. Wow. You know? So. A uh, lot of work, but very, very rewarding. So, but other than that, just, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, as you know, I'm a speaker, I'm an author, uh, I have a direct selling business too, but uh, my passion is really speaking now because I believe that we all have stories, we all have lessons in life, and I love to be able to share those with people and, and help them hit their goals, you know, so that's really what I'm all about today, seeing how I can help people achieve those goals that are important to them. I love it, man. And I love it. And so one of the things I guess I'm curious about, because you have a specific mindset. I mean, you excelled in college, you played in the NFL. We're, we're going to talk about that, but you transform your family, almost doubled your size overnight, which creates all sorts of change and dealing with change and, and dealing with the stresses. How have you and, and your wife and your, your family put into place practices or actions to help you deal with all of that change in a, in a positive manner? Because for so many of us, change is something that terrifies people. They get stressed out. They get anxious. When change is not a bad thing, it's just how we address it and look at it. Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I'm going to tell you this. You're going to hear me make some football references because I've learned so much through my journey and time in the NFL. And one thing I learned in the NFL was how to deal with change. I mean, you might get a play in a game and you know what you're going to do. And Joe Montana calls an audible. You have to quickly process that information, make a decision and commit to that decision. So I got used to change. And so as when my wife and I were, were faced with this decision, I took the same approach. Every day is game day. You bring your best, right? And as parents, we brought our best. And we realized that, yes, this was going to change our family. But we sat down and kind of put together a plan on how we were going to implement this. And, and I'll tell you, it was a little interesting from day one because when you don't have a house to accommodate, you know, eight children, we had to shuffle and move people around, but we finally got it all figured out. And, and it's, been, it's been very, very rewarding. But like you said, it's all about how you embrace the change. My wife and I saw it as an opportunity to impact five more lives. So we were willing to do whatever it took. Well, and you, you mentioned it before I could about you got to play with Hall of Famer. You played with Joe Montana. And so having that experience, because you played with a lot of different quarterbacks, you were in the NFL for nine different seasons. You played with multiple players. There were good players, there's great players, and then there's Hall of Fame players. And so what is, what is something that you learned from your time with Joe that stuck with you not only in sports, but well after that? I think the thing that impressed me most about Joe, one, two things. One was Joe was just a regular Joe. He was very down to earth. 
And I say that because I was around a lot of athletes who let success go to their head and you couldn't even get near them. You couldn't even talk to them because they felt they were that much better than you. But to have a guy like Joe who had all these amazing accolades, but he was just a regular guy. He was very approachable. But I do know that success leaves clues. And when Joe joined us, he had already won four Super Bowls. So right away, I'm thinking, what can I learn from this guy? And it didn't take me long to really see what was it that made Joe one of the greatest. And just the way he, like, prepared. His preparation was like a whole nother level. You know, because as, as players, we study our film and study our plays. And I would see Joe constantly studying all the time. And he'd tell me because I want to get that edge. When I break the huddle, I need to know quickly whether we're in the right play or not so we can make the correct audible. And, um, and even taking that a step further, I'd say the fact that Joe was never complacent. He never got comfortable. And as you know, even in the business world, sometimes when you know you have a great day, a great week, a great month, some people can tend to lax and get comfortable and their performance tapers off. But Joe was hungry. He was constantly trying to get better. I thought if this guy late in his career continued to just be hungry and be the example, then I want to follow his example. And it really impacted my career and what I continue to do to this day. Well, it, it's fascinating you say that. I was listening to an interview with Chris Bosch, NBA player and probably future Hall of Famer in that sport, talked about the motivated and, and the best are the ones that stay motivated after winning. That's why it's so hard to win back-to-back -back titles because you need so many people on a team to stay motivated. And it's just easy after a good day, a good week, a good quarter, you just start to coast it in. And at the time, you don't notice – the fallback and the error in that judgment, but what you're doing is not planting seeds anymore. And so later there's nothing to harvest and, and you wonder what happened. It's because of the work you failed to do prior, it's failed to the prep. And Montana, that's a perfect example that there was a video and illustration earlier this year of Drew Brees practicing, watching the video board by himself after practice, just getting reps, mental reps, physical reps. Those guys at that elite level never stop preparing. And so for people like you and I in our speaking career, preparations key for anyone listening whatever you're trying to do yeah you have to be constantly preparing because just showing up and winging it doesn't get the job done effectively and really sells whoever you're trying to sell or present to or talk to short so i, I want to flash back with everyone because you have a, a very unique story in that you have the underdog mentality like it doesn't matter what size you have you have the heart of a champion i like to say because you've played in college you played in the nfl and you're not a big guy, which is, is a lot of people would be surprised initially. Take us back to your time at Oregon, what that process was like, working your way onto the field, into the NFL, just trying to knock down doors till somebody paid attention. Yeah, it was a, it was a battle right away because being a high school wide receiver in uh, Lake Ridge High School in, in Portland, Oregon, I was the number one wide receiver in the state. I mean, I, I dominated. I mean, every time I got the balls in the end zone. But 5'9", 133 pounds, all the Division I colleges just didn't see me as a D1 player. And I took it personal, you know, and so it became a bit of a motivation for me to prove everybody wrong. And I was already a really good track athlete, so I knew I would get a D1 scholarship in track. So when I was being recruited, every college track coach that would come around, I'd say, hey, what do you think about me playing football one year? And every D1 school that was recruiting me said no except for Oregon. Oregon said, you come run for us 
We'll, we'll give you our approval, see if you can walk on. And Jake, all I wanted was an opportunity. And so I went to Oregon, I ran track that first year. The second year I started secretly watching the Oregon spring practices because I wanted to see if everybody was right. Was I too small to play Pac-10 football? Pac-10 at the time, now it's Pac-12. So after three days of doing that, I stood on the field the next day and I said, somebody's kicking me off the field. But they're gonna know why I'm here. And Rich Brooks, the head coach, comes all the way down the field and he goes, Burden, I know who you are. I've seen you in the stands. What are you doing here? The coach I wanna play. And he just kind of chuckles, says, really, you wanna play? I go, coach, give me a shot. So I kind of wore him out a little bit. And he said, come talk to me tomorrow in my office. So I go to Rich's office. It was 30 minutes of me convincing him, just give me a shot. And Rich said, I already talked to the coaches, track coaches. They said, it's up to me. So I'm going to let you walk on. We'll see what you can do this fall. So I go into camp the first day. And Jake, I'll never forget this. There's 15 wide receivers on the depth chart. I was number 13 or 14, somewhere down there. And as you know, most people might think, what am I doing? I'm wasting my time. They're not going to give me a shot. Well, how do we think? How fast can I move up the depth chart? That's right. <laughs> that was my mentality. And it wasn't really like an ego thing or being overconfident. I already knew I had the ability, the heart of a champion. I just needed a shot. And so two weeks later, I'm backing up two seniors. I'm second string. So at that point, Jake, I'm content. I proved everybody wrong. I'm playing college football. I'm running track. But my dream was to get to the Olympics because I had qualified for the 1980 Olympic trials in the long jump. But my senior year, track season, it's going great. All of a sudden, I unexpectedly get a call from Marty Schottenheimer, head coach of the Cleveland Browns. And let me say, Jake, when he called me, I was like, who is this? Because <laughs> I didn't think there was any chance in the world I was getting drafted because I didn't have a statistical great year in college. But they drafted me in the eighth round. I was a 216th pick. So I'm thinking, well, I got a shot to make the Olympic team, but let me go check out the NFL. Let's go to their rookie camp next week and just kind of go through some drills. And anyway, I go to Cleveland next week, third practice, I tear up my ACL ligament. So you can only imagine what I felt for that moment. But as you're around me, you know I'm a positive person. Positive people see the bright side of everything. Track is over, hello NFL. And that was the point where I started focusing on the NFL. But Jake, to be honest, that first year, as I was on injured reserve, trying to get healthy, watching all the guys, that was where the transition mentally took place. And I said, you know what? I can play at the NFL level. I just got to get healthy. And that was kind of really the beginning of my true journey of going on to play nine years. Because first, I didn't believe it. But once I got my mindset right, and once I backed it up with the work and got healthy and really started understanding, then it just kind of slowly took off. And I tell you, never in a million years that I think at 5'10", 157 pounds, that I would play nine years in the NFL. Well, it, it's interesting you say that a lot of that mental change happened while you were dealing with the injury. Because for a lot of people, that injury, it's much more mental than it is physical. Like you're the rehab and everything, but trusting your body again, being okay with doing limited work for most people they get an injury they just quit everything altogether because they can't do what they want and it's similar to the same mindset in life you're at an internship or a job position that you're just not quite in love with but you're hoping to get to this one one day 
And so talk about dealing with that injury, but wow, you apparently you flipped the switch to where you started seeing, you know, I can do what those guys do, which is very different than when a lot of people deal with injury. Was that kind of your mentality throughout any injuries or setbacks throughout life? Or was that unique moment you just saw something a little bit differently? That's really J.J. Burden my whole life. I've always been the little guy. I've always dealt with the doubters, the naysayers, the dream stealers. So I've always had different types of obstacles or I had to prove people wrong. So when I was faced with that one, that was a big one. That was the first time I had a, such a major injury. But to me, it was just another one of those speed bumps. I just had to figure out how to get over it. And in life, I believe, and you've heard me talk about FASCO, yep. failures, adversities, setbacks, challenges, obstacles. We all deal with it. It's just how we view them and how we plan to conquer them. And, and I treat those moments as opportunities for breakthroughs. And the breakthroughs are amazing because we can make a decision and that decision can take us up or it can take us down. It's up to us. And at that moment, when I tore my ACL, I made a decision that I was going to come back bigger, stronger, faster. But I knew it was going to be a process, an endurance race, and I was willing to commit and put in the time. And, and what's interesting is that there's a lot of players I played with, Jake, who tore their ACL up and they quit. They retired. But to me, I didn't flinch. Quitting wasn't even an option because I knew as long as I got healthy and I got in the right situation, I could play in the NFL. Well, and, it, and along those same lines, one of the concepts and phrases that you talk about so often that I just love and, and feel so relevant for these competitors listening to the show is along those lines of in spite of. And you, you use this phrase, and so I would love for you to share this phrase and just how it applies to our lives so that for those listening that, that are stuck in this situation or they're facing an obstacle, I want to hear how you encourage them to tackle it. Yeah, yeah, I wanna help people understand it's part of life. It's going to happen. We're going to have those different moments that we're, you know, we're faced with our challenges and our issues and whatever it can be. And I want people to know that in spite of whatever it is, whatever the obstacle, whatever the setback, whatever the adversity, whatever it is, you can win. We have the power to win. But first, it starts with here. You gotta believe you can win. Because if you don't have the mindset right, you're already defeated. So it starts right here, the belief, the mindset that, okay, no matter what it is, I can conquer it. And this can be anywhere in the business world. It can be someone I was talking the other day who's trying to lose weight. <laughs> They're trying to struggle with them. Like, no, no, you can do it. So it's mentally getting it right. But then Jake is willing to make the commitment to do the other things, to putting the plan together and having the mentor and, and putting in the work and just really making that true commitment because... I think we all have the power to conquer these amazing obstacles, but it all starts with getting mentally right. That's why I love your compete every day. Because to me, when I read that, who are we competing against? The person we see in the mirror every single day, that's your competitor. And that's also your biggest fan. And I look at myself in that mirror. I was my biggest critic, but I was also my biggest fan too. Well, and, and that ties in so well to what we've talked about here on the show about controlling your controllables, like your attitude, your effort, your actions, and your focus. Like 
in spite of whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, whatever hardships you've been dealt, you still control those things. So how are you going to show up? How are you going to compete? How are you going to keep working through and fighting against those failures, obstacles, adversities, everything that's in your way? And so I, I just appreciate that and love it because it ties in so well to what our audience hears. Uh, and so hearing it from another perspective, hearing that in spite of phrase is just such an encouragement for people. Yeah. One of the things I want to make sure we hit on is, is you have a book. I know you're working on book two, uh, and we've talked a little bit about that, but you have a book now about ways to take advantage of opportunities. Tell us a little bit about that and what, what inspired you to write it in the first place uh, and what can people um, expect if they check it out? Yeah, so I wrote my first book about four years ago called When Opportunity Knocks, Eight Surefire Ways to Take Advantage. And the motivation behind the book was really all about teaching and showing people that they can seize the opportunities that are available to them. And you know, an opportunity can be anything. It can be a goal. It can be a dream. It can be something you want to do, something that is important to you. Because during my life, Jake, I've seen so many people miss out on that opportunity. They missed out on that thing that they wanted because maybe they didn't make the right decision, they didn't work hard enough, or maybe they even missed it. You know, So I wanted to kind of rewrite this blueprint of, here's how you seize the opportunity because I think I'm the poster child. I really do, and, and let me just quickly tell you something because what I've learned in life is that sometimes when you want an opportunity and you feel there's no chance, you have to create the opportunity. Because I just shared with you how I begged the coach to walk on at Oregon. They didn't recruit me. They never sent me a letter. I created that opportunity and led to nine years in the NFL. So I'm just trying to help everyone understand, like you said, you have the power. You have the power of choice to seize those opportunities. But you got to be willing to work because nobody's going to give it to you. And it's not going to be easy. But when you get it, it definitely is well worth it. I love it. I love it. Success is earned, not given. And nobody's just going to walk up and hand it out to us, no matter how big the fantasy we have in our brains are for it, that we just wish somebody would help us. It's up to us to, to make things happen. JJ, this has been a fantastic conversation today. For anyone that wants to learn more, obviously, we're going to link to your book in the show notes. We'll link to your website. But man, where's the best place to get connected and follow along with your work online? Yeah, definitely uh, my website, jjburden.com. Uh, you can learn more about me there. You can hit the social media platforms through there. I have a monthly motivational newsletter called The Burden Report, where I share something inspirational, motivational once a month. And when you sign up for that, you get my top eight takeaways from playing with Joe Montana. I think I shared one or two here, so there's about six more. So, but yeah, I'm all over social media, as you know. I'm very active. I love to connect with people. So, you know, send me a direct message and uh, let's connect. I love it. I love it. JJ, man, thanks for coming on the show this week. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with me or the show, email us at podcast at competeeveryday.com. To join our free Facebook community and get connected with other ambitious leaders working to win their work, their workouts, and their life, be sure to visit us at facebook.com slash groups slash compete every day. Until the next episode, keep competing every single day because your life is worth it.